Well done. I don't know what was more exciting, the original day or that, but I'm going to go with that. <laughs> well, hey, it's really, really good to see you guys. My name is Johnny Burns. If you do not know me, it's probably because I'm young and I'm always with the youth. I'm a youth pastor. I am the young adult pastor around here. And before we get going, I just want to make sure you guys are all invited back here. It's Holy Week. So Friday, Good Friday, the most significant day in the history of the world. We're going to celebrate at 5 o'clock here. And hey, we're going to have three ways that you guys can kind of engage with us. We're actually going to be walking around parts of our campus on Friday. So if you come and you're, and you're able to walk, you can do that. If not, we're going to have the full experience right here. Keith will be with you. And for those online, hi. You guys can also take part in Friday. And then, of course, as we celebrate the resurrection, the proof that what happened on Friday... Oh, it happened. It got accomplished. We'll be back here 9 a.m., 11 a.m., under the tent. Have you guys ever been jealous of the disciples? Like, have you ever wanted to be one? Actually with Jesus? I know we're all disciples, but actually with Jesus? This week I was like, why, why didn't he let me be a, a part of this? And then I quickly realized if I was one of the disciples, I probably would have been the guy in the back like, hey, oh, hey. And I was like, yeah, we should probably stick to 2021, Johnny. This is, <laughs> this is a smart move by Jesus. Well, hey, let me ask you a question. And, and you're actually going to turn to your neighbor. If you're online, you can actually send in a chat. But I'm going to ask you this question. What is the thing that you have anticipated more than anything else in your life? the thing that you've anticipated? Go ahead, rapid fire, share with somebody next to you. What is it? What's the thing that you've anticipated? Send it in to Brian if you're online. Maybe it was a Christmas gift. Maybe it was a kid. If you're Todd, it was probably shooting under par. Well, for me, undoubtedly, which felt like forever it was waiting for my wife to walk down the aisle. Okay, now it, it already feels like it's long, but when you're up there with Todd, Todd, you're the last guy I want to see right now. <laughs> oh, you stand up there and it's probably only like five, ten minutes. Felt like an eternity. And when she turned the corner and you could even just see a glimpse, the emotion that happened inside, the excitement, Oh, that's the kind of praise, the kind of joy, the kind of excitement that was being experienced during the triumphal entry. Because the Jews, for over a thousand years, were waiting for the Messiah. They were waiting for the time where they could finally cry out, Hosanna. It had been a long time Coming. We're, not, we're not very patient anymore, right? We're, we're in line for the new iPhone every other year. A thousand years. This has been a long time coming. So let's, let's read the text, because today he's finally going to be recognized as king. Warren Luke, he says this, After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethphage and Bethany, at the hill called the Mountain of Olives. He sent two of his disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, 
which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked him, why are you untying the colt? And they replied, the Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, you pride, if they keep quiet, even the stones will cry out. Father, what a glorious day this was when your son, the king, entered Jerusalem. This had been a day so many people had been waiting for. So God, give us a full picture of who you are as king. And God, we believe that that will increase the praise inside of our hearts and inside of our minds. That's our prayer, Father. Amen. So we're going to do something unique a little bit today. We're actually going to look at Palm Sunday, the triumphal entry, actually in the context of Holy Week. So rather than isolating, we're, we're, going, to, we're going to look. And so they get to this place where they're praising the Messiah. The first question we have to ask is, how, how did they get there? What was going on in the mind of this crowd that led them to cry out, Hosanna? There were hundreds, maybe even thousands of people crying this out. And so we have to ask, where did they get this information from? And so we're actually going to jump all the way back to the Old Testament, right? This is what they had. This is what they were hearing. And so from the Old Testament, what did they have that led them to cry out Hosanna? So if you guys remember, this starts early. Genesis. We have like two good chapters of the Bible and then we screw up. And in chapter three, he's cursing the serpent. And in that curse, he says this, Genesis 3.15. God is speaking. It says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise or crush your head and you shall bruise his heel. So from the very get-go, everybody's been waiting for this guy. He, the offspring. It's been a long time coming, but from the get-go, we know someone's coming who's going to deliver us. Isaiah, Isaiah 42. Oh, I love, Jesus is king. I love this image. He says, behold, my servant whom I uphold, my chosen, in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. And look at this. He will bring forth justice to the nations. Oh, that is what we're looking for. He will bring forth justice. And not only that, he will not grow faint or be discouraged till he has established justice in all the earth. 
oh, that's the kind of king that these people are looking forward to. One who's been promised by God from the beginning, but one who's unstoppable. One who won't be stopped. His kingdom will be established. And look at this in Daniel. Because in the days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that shall never be destroyed. Nor shall the kingdom be left to another people. It shall break in pieces all these kingdoms and bring them to an end. And it shall stand forever. So all throughout the Old Testament, were promised a Messiah. That's what the Old Testament points to. A Messiah is coming. <laughs> That's all the Old Testament points to is a Messiah is coming. And we get this picture that he's promised by God. He's going to be unstoppable and he's going to set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed. That is why they're crying out, Hosanna. But then Jesus steps on the scene. So that's what they have from the Old Testament. But let's look at Jesus' life. Because here's what Jesus' life proclaims. The Messiah, he's here, baby. <laughs> he's here. I'm here. So early on, if you guys remember, you guys remember chapter 2 in Luke, when he goes into the temple as a boy, and he starts teaching you remember what the crowd's response is? Whoa. <laughs> That's not good. This 12-year-old boy, I think, is smarter than me. <laughs> we don't see that often around here. <laughs> God doesn't let very many 12-year-olds come up here and preach. I haven't seen one. <laughs> and so early on, people are getting a glimpse at who Jesus is. And from the get-go, oh, he's different. He's different. You fast forward. He's teaching again. He's teaching the people. He pulls out a scroll of Isaiah, of what we read, that said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. I will set free the captives. I will preach the good news to the poor. And he, he reads this, puts it away, sits down, and here's what he says. And he began to say to them, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. That's bold. I don't think there had been any other teacher who read Isaiah, sat down and said, yep, it's been done. It's been fulfilled. And what was the response of the crowd? And all spoke well of him. And they marveled at the gracious words coming from his mouth. They're really starting to get a picture. And you bet some of them are asking, could this be the Messiah? Could he really be? He's different. He's different. But there is one phrase in the text of Luke that we use. They praised him because of the many miracles that he had done. You want to know the thing that got their attention? Guys, Jesus did countless, countless miracles. And this is what kind of proved to the people, oh yeah, this guy's different. This might actually be the unstoppable Messiah. Calm the storm, 
He raised a boy from the dead. He cast out demons. He fed 5,000 people with a couple of bread loaves and some, some fish. Nobody else could do this. And what's the response? Every time from the crowd. And they marveled. They marveled, saying to one another, who then is this? <laughs> that even commands the winds and the water and they obey him. Jesus' entire life is pointing to the fact that I am the Messiah, the promised one, the unstoppable king. So we finally get to the triumphal entry, and that's what they're saying, is the whole crowd, the whole crowd, I think, is finally, it at least looks like, they recognize Jesus is the Messiah. Finally, the king is here to save us, to deliver us. And the whole crowd is excited. The king of kings, the Lord of lords, you bet they've got these things and they're jumping up and down. He's here. <laughs> Finally. Five days later, they're nowhere to be found. Five days later, the palm branches, they're back in the garage. The jubilant excitement has turned into sorrow, confusion, anger. That happened because kings don't establish their throne by dying. That's how they forfeit it. So much sorrow, and, and you've got to cut these guys some slack. All they have is the Old Testament. It's hard. It's hard to, to read Scripture that carefully where you have a perfect picture of the Messiah. But they expected the unstoppable. Unstoppable means you cannot be stopped. Messiah to be Jesus. And within five days, he's dead. They missed it. They missed it. And here's my hope today. The very thing that they missed about the Messiah, because he is the Messiah, is actually going to be the thing that takes our heart and increases the praise within us. So what did they miss? What did they miss about Jesus being king? Well, first of all, you guys know of a coronation process. This is what the triumphal entry is. It's the very beginning of the coronation process where they're saying, yes, the king is here. We're recognizing you as king and we're ready to make you king. And so that's what they're expecting to take place over the next week or so, is that Jesus is going to come, 
He takes the praise on that Sunday triumphal entry. And what they expect is that he's going to have a crown of so much power, oh, that their hearts are going to be filled. He's crowned all right, but he's not crowned with power. He's crowned with pain. They miss this. They miss this. John 19, 2, it says, And the soldiers, guys, remember this, twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head. Right? We get why they're, why they're angry and confused because they expected the king to puff his chest, exercise power over Rome, and say, oh, yeah, I'm the unstoppable conqueror. And they were ready to crown him with the crown of power. But that's not what happened. He was crowned with the crown of pain. And after you're crowned in a coronation process, you are lifted up, baby. You are lifted up. They expected him to get up on the throne, raise his hands, and the people would say, Hosanna! Hosanna, finally! Only one problem. Not how he was lifted up. Nope. John 12. He's saying it. Jesus is saying it. He's saying, and I, when I am lifted up, not as you expect. The very reason why we celebrate Friday is because he was lifted up. But they missed this. They expected a conquering, all-powerful king to come and rescue him. The coronation process, not exactly how, I, how they expected it to go. Not exactly. What else did they miss? They thought he was going to conquer Rome politically. They expected him to be a warrior king, not what Jesus came to conquer, not what he came to conquer. Isaiah 53 says this, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. So as they expected him to be lifted up, to rule with power, political power, he says, no, 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 I'm going to be lifted up. I'm going to reign with power. But I'm going to reign over sin. I'm going to reign over death. That will be the thing that I conquer. Right, we look back together. This ought to be the foundation of our praise. Is what happened when Jesus offered himself to be lifted up. That he would be humble enough to take a crown of pain rather than a crown of earthly power. That's exactly why he came to conquer sin and death.
And I love this response that Paul gives. Because this is what I hope, you know, there's no triumphal entry today, but I hope that there's a triumphing spirit among this church. Because this is what Paul says in 1 Corinthians. He says, but thank God. I mean, that's essentially Hosanna. (laughs) Praise him. Because he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. Because here's why these people missed it. Because they had it. They had the Old Testament. I mean, guys, it is good to live in 2021. Hindsight's 2020. This is nice for us. (laughs) This is nice for us. But for them, why they missed it, and this is why we as a church do what we do, is they missed Scripture. They missed it. Isaiah 53 was there. But so was the unstoppable king, an unstoppable kingdom. And they couldn't figure out how those went together. That Jesus would be the coming Messiah. That he would set up a kingdom that could never be destroyed. But that he could die? Quite frankly, losers die. You lose things when you die. And especially as a king, you forfeit your throne. Not Jesus. Right? There's one exception to that rule, which is why it's so hard to get. But which is why it's the foundation of our praise. Because if that didn't happen, well, I wouldn't be here right now. I wouldn't be talking about it right now. But if it didn't happen, but thank God would not exist in our hearts and in our minds. Because what he accomplished was the very thing that one, he set out to do, but two, that we needed. So Jesus, not giving in to any cultural pressure, political pressure, humbly goes forward to the cross. And I love the word security. You guys like feeling secure? (laughs) Feeling insecure is probably just the worst thing in the world. You feel inadequate. You feel unprotected. You feel like you just can't do anything. And this is the word that I feel like was at the root of this crowd yelling, Hosanna. Was I felt so unprotected, insecure under Rome that when they yell Hosanna, what they're expecting is I can finally feel secure because there's a kingdom, a king of my kind of people that will protect me. But he came to bring spiritual security because he is unstoppable. And so what he did is absolutely unbreakable. This is what Colossians says. And you, us, who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. 
This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. And I love this text right here. He disarmed the rulers and authorities, and he put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. So rather than coming, rather than setting up his earthly political reign and kingdom, what he does is he offers himself the perfect sacrifice. And the king that the Old Testament did promise in order that the kingdom that he might set up, that unstoppable kingdom, would be one of spiritual power. This is the root of our praise. We were dead spiritually. And because of what he did, we're made alive. There is no greater transformation that is worth more praise. These palms are huge or else I'd lift them up. We should be. Take it out of the garage in every day of our life. Now, I'm probably a little bit more charismatic. I don't mind jumping around. But inside of our hearts, the overwhelming emotion should be, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for bringing security to my life. Thank you for bringing salvation and not just bringing it, but bringing it in an unstoppable way because the king truly is unstoppable. And I love this word of spiritual power. Romans says this, for the, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. It's a matter of righteousness because that's what God did on Friday. Took our sin, nailed it to the cross, put it to shame, and made us righteous. It's a matter of peace because the very thing, being dead, there's not a lot of peace in that. (laughs) Completely separated, there's no peace. And what he does is he brings us into spiritual security and gives us a peace as the New Testament describes it, that surpasses all understanding and joy. (laughs) That's for Todd. Sorry. This is for Todd, baby. (laughs) And of joy. (laughs) That's what we praise out of. We no longer have to give a praise out of insecurity, but we give a praise out of what he has done. And to be saved by the Lord and to walk with the Lord, there's no greater joy. And so God, out of his incredible love for us, brings that joy as an unstoppable king. Because here is the problem. Now, I give them credit. They knew a king was coming. They knew the Messiah was coming, and they even recognized him. I think they did pretty good. They even recognized him. But they expected him to be a lion king. For all you Disney lovers. (laughs) A lion to conquer. To be the best, to be the top. But they missed 
that he would actually be the lamb king. You guys think back all the way back to Exodus with me. You guys remember the 10th plague? God was going to destroy all the firstborn. Do you remember what he had God's people do? They had him take a spotless lamb, an unblemished lamb, and put the blood of that lamb, the blood, on the doorpost to cover them. Now this very Sunday, the start of Holy Week, this day is literally Lamb Selection Sunday. <laughs> Pretty ironic, or not, because it's super intentional by God. <laughs> Lamb Selection Sunday, the king enters to offer himself, to offer his blood to cover us. And without it, we have no foundation of praise whatsoever. But with it, I wish I could lift up all the palm branches. I hope all of our hearts, with a fuller picture of Jesus' kingship, are constantly crying out, Hosanna. And, and maybe a more appropriate, this is not a word, but I'm a youth pastor, so I like to make up words is more appropriately, Hosannud. Because we've been saved. <laughs> we've been delivered. And so that could be the cry of our heart this week, is Hosannud. <laughs> All glory to the unstoppable king. So what do we do this week? Holy week. <laughs> we've been through it 27 times. 42 times. 78 times? Chuck, 180 times? I don't know. <laughs> Here's what I hope happens this week. You find time to have a moment between you and God to say thank you for being the Lamb King. Thank you that your blood is the only thing to cover my death and my sin, and find time to rejoice in that this week. And before you come back on Friday, my encouragement is this. Read Luke chapters 22 and 23. As Jesus goes to the cross to be the Lamb King and to accomplish what he set out to do, to set up his unstoppable kingdom, Read that in great expectation for Friday. So pray with me. <sighs> Jesus, we do believe that you are the king, the unstoppable king with the kingdom who can never be destroyed. But God, my hope is that hard circumstances don't cause us to put our palm branches down. God, that we wouldn't miss the full picture of who you are in Scripture. And ultimately, God, would we not just know you, but God, would we know you to an extent that our hearts are filled with praise. Mm -hmm.
that our hearts can't help but to cry out, Hosanna. Out of what you've done, out of your incredible love for us. So thank you, thank you, thank you for loving us. And would you fill our hearts with praise this week? Amen.